Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. I used to collect baseball cards and then football cards and so forth. That's where I was brought up in uh, baseball, football, basketball, you name it. They're a great part of every kid's life, and all sports fans love them. And we've got somebody who does this for a living. I'm fascinated to talk to him. His name is Greg Morris. He's also got a project that we're going to talk about a little later, which is equally interesting. But we'll get into that. But first, Greg, I think the best thing is I was doing a little research to talk to you. I saw on eBay, and I have bought some stuff on eBay. Uh, Again, small end stuff, not big stuff. But I know how important positive feedback is. And you had 100% over a quarter of a million transactions. Is that the way you kind of tell people, hey, I'm legit by that fact, you know, that you kind of have to have a perfect record because there's so many things that can happen when you're dealing in things like eBay or what have you. It's just there's a lot of trust involved. So that's correct. And generally speaking, the more positive feedback you see, the more transactions uh, the better it is. But, you know, not always. There are sellers on eBay because eBay is kind of, you know, like the Wild West. Uh, there's not very many rules or not very many rules that are enforced. They are doing better in case they hear this. They, they are doing better. Uh, but, you know, generally speaking, you want to, you know, be careful who you're buying from. Uh, there are a lot of people who um, there's, you know, there's fakes being sold all the time on eBay there are things that have been altered, uh, and you just want you know to be careful. You always want to make sure that you're buying from somebody that has a good reputation. I mean, we we ran in the last year, you know, almost a million auctions, uh, and you know, it doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes. But again, right. a, a point of differentiation for us is that you know, if we make a mistake, we take responsibility for it. And, uh, you know, 99% of the time, you know, people, if we do make a mistake, you know, they, they, they send it back. We give them a full refund with an apology. And most people are, you know, very understanding and they come back. O- other sellers are not so understanding. We, we try to do a good job for the customer. Grading, I know, is a really important thing. Now, look, when I buy stuff on there, I usually I don't want a high-end thing because I'm not trying to – this is strictly for my own pleasure. It's got nothing to do with uh, collecting them as an investment and so forth. But I know for a lot of people, that's extremely important, and I know you have a reputation of being one of the best. What separates graders? You know, Because uh, I know that is a 9 versus a 10, or it's a big deal. So tell me. We we will – you know, they're, they're – you can buy from somebody who's just going to assign a grade to the card. Like that's what we do. We're, we don't really sell super high end stuff. If we do, we do get the card graded by a third party. Uh, PSA is by far the leading, uh, the leader in that market. But you know, for the, for our average stuff, which is going to sell for $15, $16, you know, that's our average price. Uh, it's not worth, it's not worth it to send and pay the fee to get it graded. So, you know, our reputation is that people know that, you know, if we put a grade to it, 99% of the time, that's going to grade. We have a lot of people who buy from us who do send the cards in for grading to PSA. 
and the overwhelming majority of the time, you know, our grades match. If you are going to buy something expensive on eBay and the card has not been graded by PSA, SGC, or Beckett, be very careful. Because I, I also I happen to be the largest buyer on eBay, and they've told me I buy more, not just baseball cards, anything. So we have lots of experience knowing because we source a lot of our cards from there. Uh, you know, it's a minefield, and uh, you know you just have to you just have to be you know very very careful. Again, if you're buying something for five bucks, you know it turns out bad. It's not a big deal, but a lot of times people get enticed by seeing something that they think they're going to get a great deal on. Uh, and those cards are usually counterfeit. Uh, the sad thing is we've had a lot of problems with consigners who, you know, will send us something. And, you know, I have all these Mickey Mantle cards. And then we get them. And, I mean, they're, 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 they're counterfeit. They're fake. Wow. And trying to help them. They'll be, I bought it from somebody on eBay. I got a great deal. Of course, you know, internally it's like, okay, you're not going to get a $4,000 card for 200 bucks. Yeah. So that yeah. should have been a sign. But it is. It is unfortunate. You know, it is something that eBay is working on, especially with the counterfeits. Because if you buy something and they describe it as near mint and it's really VGX, you know, you still have the card. You know, it may not be the condition that you hope for, but the, it's still an asset. When right. you buy something that's counterfeit, it's worth a big zero, zero dollars. Well, when you and, talk counterfeit, I mean, are you talking about like somebody using a fake ID to get into, you know, to get into a bar at Agent 19 or something? I mean, is it that is it obviously fake when you see it or are they pretty good? To me, it's obviously fake. I've, I've, and again, I don't want to make it out to be that it's this huge problem, right? But it, it is out there. Uh, you know, it's probably of the high end, you know, the higher end stuff. It's, it's probably, you know, low single digits. But a lot of people get enticed, and they just don't know. Now, when it comes into us, I can see it a mile away. It doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't, you know, it, the printing is bad. It's a different card stock. You know, card stock is, is usually the, the dead giveaway. Uh, you know, it's too rigid. It's too shiny. Uh, a lot of times what they'll do, and this is always an important thing for buyers, uh, especially like with, with uh, tobacco cards, they'll, they'll try to make it look old. So they'll artificially, you know, kind of scrub the edges. And, uh, you know, I, 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 you know it's fake from just looking at it. Now, from I look, I've looked at probably 50 million vintage cards over the last 10 years. Uh, you know, the fact that these are still being bid up and they're going for hundreds of dollars tells you that some people are being fooled. But if you see a card and it's got totally uniform damage where it almost, you know, the cards look rounded, that's almost always a telltale sign that it's fake. And that somebody is trying to pull one over on you. Well, you know, Greg, one of the things we want to do, of course, is go to reputable people that have good reputations. That makes a lot of sense. If somebody wants to get into this and they really want to become kind of pro collectors, so to speak, you know, not that they're going to put all their investment in baseball cards or what have you, but, you know, they want to get serious about it. You recommend doing a lot of research before you kind of dive into this stuff? Because I, I could see where, boy, you make a mistake on this and it could cost you big. When, when you're starting off, make sure you're buying from somebody reputable. Again, I see it all the time. People think that they're going to, they don't understand the nature of eBay. There are no great deals on eBay. If something is good, it's going to go. It's going to go for a, a pretty close price. Now, the way that we're able to do it is because people will pay us a premium because they like buying from us and they feel comfortable. But if you're new, you know, again, if you see something that looks 
you know, way too good to be true. I mean, I don't, you know, have to finish the sentence. It's the yeah. old, you know, it, it, it is. Um, but, you know, if you're going to start by PSA graded cards, uh, buy SGC cards, buy Beckett cards, if you're going to buy raw cards, buy from people who have a lot of experience and have great feedback selling raw cards, uh, you know, and just use your common sense. Now, another thing that people need to be careful about is when they're doing research. Now, I've done this so long when I'm buying, I, I kind of just go on instinct. So the prices right now are absolutely insane. So a lot of times I lose out on things because my 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 uh, I, it, what, my instinct is telling me that the price is not is right. lower than what it really is. But when you look at completed listings, you got to always kind of use some common sense. And it's very easy for people, unfortunately, to use eBay uh, to promote cards to, to artificially raise the value of the card because what they'll do is they'll bid it up. And you have a card that's going for a hundred dollars. They'll they'll now show they'll do a fake sale at three hundred dollars, and now everybody believes well it, it's three hundred dollars. Right. That must be what the value is. Well, sometimes yes, you know, and probably most of the time, but but now there's a lot of new people coming into the the, the market. They're not collectors, uh, which is something. If you want to talk about this NFT thing, I have a lot to say about that. Um, they're not collectors. They're looking to make money. Yeah. And because this is an unregulated, essentially an unregulated market, it's very easy for them to manipulate the prices. So I'm always, you know, suspicious. I, I, I trust my prices. You know, that's what I kind of look over. And again, most of it is fine, but it's just something you have to be careful about, you know. And the thing is, if, you, if you're new, you may not have, like I said, the, 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 the common sense yet to, to understand the history of the prices of certain cards. But again, it's not to get people overly worried. It's just something they shouldn't just automatically look at something and say, this card sold for $8,000 yesterday, therefore the card's worth $8,000. They just have to have that in the back of their mind. You know, Greg, I imagine you're one of those people, and you got to find one of those. If you're talking to a friend, say, and they find their kids, uh, grandkids, uh, what have you, some baseball cards that they had a long time ago, and it might be a deal, it might not be, right? So you got to check that out before you start taking that. And wow, I've got, I've got an old whitey four. This is going to be worth a fortune, eh, not necessarily. Well, you know, condition with vintage is is huge, right? You can have a card where in a one it's worth twenty bucks, and in a ten it's worth ten thousand. So of course, you know, it's the scarcity of it. These cards, you know, like my father will say, "Oh, if I had just saved my card," and I said, "Dad." You, you put those cards in your bicycle spokes. You flip them. Those cards were not were going to be absolutely destroyed, you know. And, and so that's usually something when people are new, they don't understand how much the condition of the card uh, determines the value. You know, again, yeah. you can have a Whitey Ford card. I mean, you can have, uh, you know, you have a 1960 Whitey Ford. Again, I mean, I, I've sold those cards beat up for under 10 bucks. Now, if you have a card that's 9 or a 10, you know, it's in the thousands. Cards didn't come out of the pack mint. Right, right. First of all, centering is always a problem. You can have a card that looks like it could cut you. It's razor sharp, but the centering is way off. That kills the value. You have what they call PD, print defect. Those are like the snow. You'll see the picture of the person. There's like white dots all over it. Yeah. Also, and those came right out of the pack like that. So it is, it is the, the odds 
when somebody finds something that there are going to be nines and tens in there is very, very low. Well, I, I do remember that. I remember opening one of my very first baseball card packs when I was a little kid, Don Mincher, Minnesota Twins, and it was literally cut like where it was half. It, it was yeah. like the thing came down in a spot, and then somebody told me that was worth a lot because mistakes are worth a lot, but I found out, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Well, remember when Topps was making these cards, there was no quality control. The cards were just a way to sell gum. And by the way, my, everybody tells me, including you know, my relatives, that the gum was terrible. But uh, <laughs> got stale I, I, fast. Let's put it that yeah, way. Well, I've had, I, we have pieces of gum from the fifties and sixties from people who've opened packs now. You know, <laughs> I've never, I've never eaten one. But uh, yeah, so you know, there wasn't a lot of quality control, and that's why you know, again, the difficulty in finding cards, uh, you know, that are super high grade. You know, you really needed everything to be right. It needed to come out with with a nice print perfectly centered and then stored somewhere and not touched even if it was stored somewhere we'll get time cards will look beautiful then we we look at them under the light or we feel them they're water damaged because somebody kept it in a storage unit somebody kept it in their garage and just over time uh, you know, moisture accumulated. Well, and that's that, kind of the hard thing with old cards then, isn't it? Because when I was a kid, everybody played with their cards. I mean, by played, I mean, some people, like you said, put them in, in the bicycle spokes. I remember that. But others, just like myself, you'd shuffle them up. You know, you kind of you put them in by teams and somebody got traded. So you looked at them, you know, and, and there's just a certain amount of wear and tear that you had. When did this all of a sudden become a way to make a living? You know, where, where people are, they take them and, and I talk to kids now where they take them and the, they, they take a look at it and they immediately put it in a uh, book. And that's, a, that's kids. So I can imagine yeah. what the tells. So when I, the first year that I collected cards was 1981. So I was seven years old. My father would bring me back packs. But even then, you know, I understood. I mean, I was a little kid. But, I, you know, even at that point, you know, it was understood that condition matters. Uh, you know, that, uh, you know, you don't want to just start throwing them around. Uh, but it. And then, you know, I kind of stopped collecting. And then when I was, you know, in the early 90s, when there was another big boom, again, people understood that condition was important, but it would be like, you know, you, you would have an, a Roger Maris rookie and you would have one that had a big crease and it would be a hundred bucks. And then you would have one right next to it that was absolutely beautiful and it'd be like 200 bucks. And, and I got out, but when grading came in about 25 years ago, uh, that's when you really started seeing people understand the importance of condition because it, 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 the, 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 the variable or the, 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 the percentage increase from a card that's mint to a card that's VG just started to become astronomical. So that's when people really started to, uh, uh, you know, pay, really pay attention to grading. Let me ask you about the – when I talk about quality, now I'm not talking about condition. I'm just talking about the way they look and so forth. As you think about baseball, are, are there better years than others? Because I, I remember for about maybe 10 years off and on, you'd collect them, and some seasons appeared better. So, so are there some that have just held up better when you're going back to the, I don't know, 50s, 60s, 70s? You know, I mean, the, the good thing about cards is that everybody has a preference, right? There's certain cards, like, I always think 1968 was ugly. It had the, you know, the, 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 the brown uh, kind of, border yeah uh, i i didn't like the, the 55 bowman they were like these tvs you know i mean but but everybody is different so i i couldn't point to a year and say oh these are going to be cheap you know because there's always people who 
you know, have a favorite. Some people like a, a particular year because they find it ugly. You know, I mean, it's, 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 there's so many, there's so many different people, you know, then there's years like 1971 baseball or 1962 football, which are the black border cards. And those are really condition sensitive because any little nick on the corner, uh, oh, you know, yeah. will show. And so, you know, people, sometimes it's harder to collect those because it's hard to find in, you know, such tip top, uh, condition. But then people sometimes like to collect those because it's so hard to find in tip top condition. You know, I know one of our buddies that owns uh, an art gallery right here in Las Vegas. And, he, and in fact, he's a regular on um, Pawn Stars. He said one of the things you can do is if you have something like that, it makes great art. And believe it or not, people like it and even appreciates that way. You can kind of put a little of your own style with it. So I guess somebody coming to you can really... You know, whether it's a nostalgic trip, whether they want to make a few bucks or something, you can really help them. I mean, I, I imagine you spend some of your time almost as a consultant. Yeah, you know, I, I like doing that. The problem that we've run into is that, you know, especially with COVID, it, this has been very difficult yeah. because, you know, my first obligation before even my customers are the people who work for me. And I got to keep them safe. And knock on wood, we've only had one person that got it, and it didn't spread to anybody else. Good. Uh, so my time, you know, it is quite stressful running this business because, you know, things are as busy as ever. I mean, we've, we've done a lot of business last year, and we were on pace to, you know, do $20 million this year in sales. Right. And, uh, you know, and a lot of this revolves around me because I'm the one that knows how to do the buying, and I'm the one that knows how to do the grading. And, uh, you know... So I, I just don't have as much time as I, I would like uh, to, you know, to talk right. to people. But we have we have a good staff here. I mean, we have people who, you know, will interact with our consigners and, you know, something, you know, absolutely, you know, they can't answer. You know, I'm always happy to do it. But again, I wish it wasn't that way. But, you know, it is it is been trying. Well, has uh, it made it more year. difficult for you, Greg? Because you, I'm sure you must have traveled all over to go to these various card shows and stuff. And, you know, this is kind of cut into that yeah see i actually i've been to very very few card shows wow uh, believe it or not almost all of my buying my expertise is being able to buy this stuff online uh so i do a lot of buying with big auction houses uh you know i do a lot of obviously i do a lot of buying on ebay it's a little bit hard you know i i encourage people if they're starting and the card shows it sounds like some of them are starting to you know open up again go to a card show you know it's great for me, it's hard because it's time consuming and, you know, some people are nice and some people aren't. And, you know, some yeah. people, if they figure out I'm a dealer, they don't want to sell to me because, God forbid, somebody will make money on something that they sell. Uh, you know, it's just it, it's hard. But it but it is great. I, you know, I've been to two national conventions and it really is incredible, you know, to see uh, how much stuff is there. But the two times I went, it was really more for just trying to you know meet people that i've done business with online and going to dinner and getting a little something to drink <laughs> yeah um exactly. but it's still a good experience for people but you know use your instinct if you go to somebody because they don't have their feedback posted so you know if you go to somebody and they're impatient with you or they don't you know want to answer any questions that's usually a sign right? yeah that there's going to be a problem people who are friendly again not always tend to be the most you know reputable you know, I've 
spoken mostly about baseball cards, but you get into everything, right? Uh, football, even, oh, even yeah. some non-sporting cards, correct? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, basketball cards right now, the modern basketball cards uh, are actually selling bas- on eBay. There's more modern basketball cards sold than than any sport, Wow! believe it or not. I didn't realize that. Wow. Although it kind of makes sense because basketball has turned into a sport that's so player-oriented and superstar-oriented, even more than baseball or football. So that makes some sense, actually. Well, and also it has a, you know, a much larger following in China, uh, right. you know, which has 1.4 billion people. So, and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of overseas buying of the modern stuff. Wow. But, but again, I, if, if somebody was to come and say, well, what do you think I should collect? I would always have a preference for collecting vintage. The modern stuff right now is extremely volatile. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. I, you know, again, you want to buy some, you know, Zion Williamson, you can get one of his cheaper cards for 20 bucks, you know, go for it. But if you see, you know, there, there are modern cards going for millions of dollars, just, just well, be careful. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. My final question on the cards I wanted to ask you was, there's a guy in Vegas, I'm not going to talk about it, he's a tout, and uh, one of the things he does is sell uh, cards and buy cards, and apparently he bought a card of, of a relatively, uh, well, he's a current player and so forth, and made millions of dollars, and people come up and they go, that doesn't make sense. And I guess it's just, uh, is it a matter of uh, some of those, like the rookie cards, there's only a certain amount out? Or what? I mean, I always know. I, I have no comments. <laughs> no comment. I know all about it. I, I you know, it's, I, listen, man, you know, if whatever, I, I just wouldn't get caught up in that. If, if that, I haven't got caught, I, I'm not buying that kind of stuff. Again, there are people that are making a lot of money, you know, buying and flipping these super expensive cards. I just, it's not my thing. That's all I can say. No, I, I understand it. <laughs> I, 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 I have not been able to figure it out. It makes no sense. I did remember the old days of the Honus Wagner card. And it made sense because he cut it off and there was only a handful of them out there. But this stuff now... I, I don't know. It seems like if you're if you're going to invest millions, you better know what you're doing. It's just a lot of money to make a mistake on to me. It seems. Yeah, yeah. It's just not. You know, I, I we have a, a very hard time selling expensive modern stuff because people they don't pay. Right. Or they buy it and then the price goes down and they return it. You know, it's just it's just not worth it. I mean, it, it that's why I get concerned about you know, people manipulating the prices because I can only, you know, I, I can't speculate about what other people do. I only know what's happened with my experience. And, you know, it's a lot of people, I don't think they have any intention of ever buying it. I think they just want to try to keep the prices up to a certain point. But, you know, I, it's just, I, it's just not stuff that I buy. And when we, when we have taken stuff like that on consignment, it's just, there's a lot of things that occur that do, that just do not happen with the vintage. So I have a preference. Look, there'll be you could get somebody else on here, and they can point. There's there's lots of problems with vintage, with you know people who are doctoring cards, uh, you know, to try to make improve the condition, which is a big no no in yeah. my industry. So you know, there's always going to be problems, but I, I'm just more comfortable in the in the vintage market than I am the modern. Well, I think it's a lot more fun, too. It, it brings back some great memories, which brings us to our second topic, which I find fascinating. Okay, you do this for a living. It's been a great business. You uh, Now you're getting into something else that I find really incredible. So tell us about it. It's called Collect with two Ts, and it's coming Correct. out. We're going to look for a, a launch in the midsummer of this year. 
But what exactly is that going to be? Well, I wanted to get into other types of products. And it's, it's re- you know, memorabilia is kind of the next logical step after cards. And it's really, really hard to sell memorabilia on eBay and because so much of the stuff is bad. And I just don't want, I don't want to get caught up with that. And so, you know, I thought, well, let me create my own site. And one of the things that, I, that we're doing that I think is pretty cool is, you know, yes, we're buying stuff out on the open market and making sure that it's been authenticated by the right people, but wouldn't it be best to get it directly from the athlete, right? So, sure. you know, Mr. X, who, you know, is in the Hall of Fame and he's got some jerseys and he has some equipment that he used, get it directly from them. I mean, then, you know, you're 99.9% sure that the stuff is good, but the part that we're doing that I think is, is exciting and not saying that we invented this. I mean, I've seen it other places, but we will interview them about the piece. So, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll tell you about the Jersey. They'll tell you about the bat. They'll tell you about the hockey stick and, you know, explain why things look this way and why it looks that way. Or you see this mark. I remember this is, you know, I was diving for this or I got slammed into the board on this, or I got tackled here. Uh, it makes the product so much in- more interesting because it really brings it to life. Absolutely. And- Absolutely. What a great thing. Because I'm thinking if I'm buying, okay, it's wonderful. Let's say I'm a big, like right now I'm wearing an Art Shell uh, jersey, right? Love it. But boy, would it be great to have something from Shell where he signs it and he tells you a particular story that you can share with everybody. It just makes it not only more, when I say valuable, I mean valuable f- as, a, as a collector. You know, what, what a great thing that is. And it kind of makes it... You become part no, of the correct. sport. <laughs> That's very correct. Cool. And the other thing that we're, we're also doing in conjunction with that is something v- very similar to this website, Cameo, uh, which is, you know, you can get yeah. one of these famous people to leave a message, but we're trying to set up like a Zoom. And not like a one-on-one thing, because the athletes sometimes are a little uncomfortable with that, but, you know, we'll ha- we, we have a moderator, and, you know, let's say you, you do buy something from Art Shell. Well, we'll get... You, you, you buy it, and then you get to have a, a, a Zoom call with, with Art Shell, maybe with a few other people, and you can ask Art Shell questions. Forget about the modern guys. We, we're, we're kind of giving up on that. that they're just, they want too much money. And, but a lot of the guys that played in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, even into the 90s, and, and some of these guys, I just don't want to name names yet because I want it to be a right. surprise, but some guys who are like, top 50 in the NBA, you know, I mean, Hall of Famers, but like top 50, you know, we're part of the top 50 team or guys who set world records, uh, you know, in track and field and won gold medals. They, they feel forgotten. You know, they didn't, they didn't make the money that the guys make now. So, you know, if we, we can help them by connecting them to their fans and, and generate income for them. Uh, but, but they don't, a lot of them don't want to just leave a message. They actually, it makes them feel good. Uh, to hear from their fans and to interact with them. Again, not all of them. We've had some people say, absolutely, there's no way I'm going to do that. But a lot of them, you know, the majority of the people we've spoken to, this is actually, it's, it's, yes, it's, it's good for them to make money, but it's a way for them to feel good about themselves, to let them know, hey, there are people who, you know, really admire you and, you know, loved you from when they were a kid. And, you know, it makes these guys feel good because there is a lot of bitterness. You know, guys who played, like, for example, in the ABA, they don't get an NBA pension. There's, there's guys who, you know, maybe not Hall of Famers, but guys who are all-stars who don't have money to pay their rent. I mean, it really is, a, you know, shame on the NBA and, you know, and, and you know, I don't want to say other leagues because I'm unsure 
They may have arrangements, but it's kind of like, you know, veterans, right? You know, it, it always hurts to see a veteran who's on the street. The, the, these guys who really paved the way for the guys today, they shouldn't have to be worrying about where their next meal is coming from. And again, it was really shocking to me. You know, and, and sometimes it was their fault. You know, sometimes guys did make money and they, they squandered it. But you know what? We're, we're all imperfect. But these guys should not. They, they need to be remembered and we need to make them feel good and let them know that they're valued. They didn't have it. That's why they used to play an all-star game, which are horrible, is because some of those guys needed some money, you know? So I think it's a great idea. It's, gr- it's great for everyone. It's also good for some of us that remember those days. Wow, what a cool thing. It might not be a big deal to somebody about who Ben Davidson was, but when I was a Raiders season ticket holder as a little kid, watching him play Joe Namath and some, those are some of my best memories of being a child. So I think you reach a lot of that by, by going back in those times because, let's face it, nowadays it's not going to be the same. I mean, the sports has changed, but that's also our childhoods. Well, that, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's all good. I mean, that's, like I said, what we're trying to do. I think I'm Facebook friends with Ben Davidson, and he like you know made me. I sent a friend request, and like within 30 minutes, he had yeah. you know accepted it. But there, you know, there's a, a, again these guys, you know, it, it's let's help them out, you know, let's make them some money, but let's also make them feel good and and let them know how loved they are because these guys are loved, and uh, you know, and we've gotten a good response, you know, and I'm I'm very excited about you know you. You have a person that will have their store. They can have their merchandise. You can have a thing. You know, if you know, they'll they'll be online again with a with a with a, somebody who's you know conducting kind of you know an interview. But people can you know go on Zoom and and interact. I I think it's you know I think it's going to go well. I hope it's going to go well. A friend of mine just last night, as a matter of fact, bought the original contract that when they traded Willie Mays from the Giants to the Mets, and I, you know, and I'm thinking, my God, you know, I and mean, that was really important to him. You know, he's a big part of his life, and I think to myself, there's a lot of stuff like that that you could get really creative depending on what these people kept contracts are great and i love things like that because if you want that contract there's only one yeah exactly (laughs) that's it (laughs) yeah if you're a big willie mays fan and you you know that that you know that's that's the only one so you know that sounds like a great piece i mean we'd love to have something like that so i think that was a great buy and the fun thing is too uh with people i know that do it you know, sometimes it can be something that's really reasonably priced, and it just means the world to them. Other things, it might be more, you know, like something like that that costs a lot more, but it means a lot more, you know. So it, it, it can kind of go across the spectrum in terms of how involved people want to get and how much they want to spend and so forth. Yeah, no, correct. I mean, like one thing that I always re- – I really like old programs because it's like a snapshot. It Forget about just the – you know, that it's a – a program from you know 1948 World Series, but it, it's like a it's like a, a document that lets you go back in time. Come on, let's go to Vegas. Support Vegas Never Sleeps on Patreon for exclusive ad-free content, prizes, drawings, and fun, starting at just five bucks. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Pack your bags and get ready because you're going to Vegas. Go to patreon.com slash Vegas Never Sleeps. Come on, let's go to Vegas.
What if every dollar you invested into your training program turned into $30 of revenue? What if your learning program was so engaging that your employees looked forward to annual trainings? And what if you could monitor the success and effectiveness of your curriculum with quantifiable metrics? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. E-learning has made each of these scenarios possible, utilizing tools such as virtual and augmented reality, simulations, and online instructor-led training provides a safe environment for employees to learn at their own pace. Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Here at Epsilon XR, we have 50 years of experience in creating powerful and effective training programs. We combine proven training methods with cutting-edge technology to create immersive training experiences. Are you ready to take your training program to the next level? Go to training.epsilonxr.com. Training.epsilonxr.com. Have your collectibles taken over your house? Well, maybe it's time for those treasures to find a new home. And I've got just the place to help you do that. The place to go is Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, where they are always buying. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads has over 35 years of experience buying collections of sports cards, memorabilia, bobbleheads, toys, action figures, comic books, Hot Wheels, Star Wars, movie posters, and more. If you've collected it, there's a good chance they'll buy it. No collections are too large or too small. Call Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads at 310-534-4180 or text them pictures of your collection. That number again is 310-534-4180. That's 310-534-4180. Baseball Cards and Bobbleheads, 310-534-4180. 